Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. listening to Jenny Veliki, the Funky Farm Girl podcast. This is episode 38, Chickens 101, What You Need. This week, we're going to give you the rundown on all the things you need to become a chicken mama. So be sure to stay tuned and find out exactly what you need to get your dream chicken flock. Before we do that, though, let's have a quick recap of what's happening on the homestead this week. This week we are working on dehydrating and canning all the apples that I bought in the fall. They've been stored in the refrigerator out in the garage and we are finally at a point that we can start processing those and what better time to do that than when Michael's home. Um, Like I said last week, I knocked out a lot of my bigger things that needed to be done to free up my time this week and so we're getting that done while he's home. We're also going to be processing the deer that we got um, in the fall that Gracie was able to get and we still need to grind up the meat into burger and we also are going to make a batch of venison jerky while we have that big old dehydrator out. So stay tuned to my Instagram if you want to see pictures of these things or if you want to ask me questions there feel free to send me a message and I'll be sharing all that with you there. So, last week, we planned our garden for 2021. If you missed that episode, be sure to go back and listen so that you know all the things that you need to think about and consider. And also, go back and listen to episode 6, Garden Basics, Four Things You Need to Know to Grow Food. Um, Both of those episodes combined are going to give you everything that you need to think through in order to plant your garden for this year. Now... If the next thing on your list of your homestead goals is to be a chicken mama, then this series is for you. Over the next four weeks, we're going to go over um, your equipment and setup. We're going to go over chicks and pullets and how to take care of them um, and what you need. We're going to go over how to care for hens and roosters. And then last but not least, we're going to go over different ways that you can earn money from your chickens. So be sure to stay tuned for the next four weeks for our Chickens 101 series. So this week we are going to talk about equipment and setup. But before we begin this series, I really need to make an important caveat because I am approaching this from one mindset and you may have a completely different mindset. There are two groups of people when it comes to chicken keepers. There are people who see chickens as farm animals, and there are people who see chickens as pets. Now, does that mean that people who see chickens as farm animals only treat them like livestock and don't give them names or 
you know, don't care anything about them and only see them as a commodity. Absolutely not. My chickens have names. My chickens are loved and well taken care of. But my chickens are farm animals. They are not pets. You will see lots of backyard chicken farmers, especially, who treat their chickens as they would their dog or their cat or whatever. And it's important to understand this mindset from the beginning because you're going to get varying degrees of advice from these two different camps. And it's important that you understand which camp they're coming from when they give you that advice so that you can filter it through which camp you're in and understand better where they're coming up with their information. The main way that this shows up is that People who are treating their farm animals as pets are going to give them lots of treats. They're going to have lots of accessories. They're going to want to call the vet and take them to the doctor for every little thing, just like they would their dog or their cat. People who use chickens as farm animals are going to be most concerned about the health of the animal and the production of the animal. And yeah, some of those extras might be there, but they're not the main priority. They're not the main goal. The main goal is the health of the flock overall, the health of the chicken individually, and the production um, that that animal is able to give. So I am in the farm animal camp. So when you hear the advice I'm giving you and when you hear the way that I set things up, know that that's where it's coming from. If you want to keep chickens as pets, you may go above and beyond what I'm telling you. I'm going to give you the basics that you need to be able to house chickens for production purposes. If you want to go above and beyond that, knock yourself out, girl. Go right ahead. Um, but know that my mindset is the mindset of someone who keeps chickens as farm animals and not as pets. So, wanted to make that caveat right at the very beginning. Let's dive into the equipment and setup that you need to be a chicken mama. The first thing that your chickens are going to need is somewhere to live, obviously. Um, it's not safe for them to just run around in your backyard all the time and not have anywhere to roost or anything like that. So you need a chicken coop and a chicken run. Um, a chicken coop needs to be two to three square foot of space per chicken. So if you get the dimensions of it, figure out what the square footage of it is. A lot, two to three square foot per chicken. Um, it would be a little less for bantams because they're smaller birds. It would be a little more for larger birds. So you also need to know what's the average size of the kinds of chickens you're wanting. Because things like buff orpingtons are going to get really big where other ones are going to be smaller and more compact. So figure out... Um, figure on two to three square foot per chicken um, and figure out about what size space you need. They need to be able to get out of wind and rain. They need to be able to have some ventilation. They need to have somewhere to roost at night and they need to have somewhere to lay their eggs um, and a door that closes um, so that when they go in at night they can be shut in nice and warm and safe. Um, if they have an enclosed run, shutting the door isn't as important. If they're free range, you're definitely going to want to be able to shut that door and keep them in enclosed at night so that they're not 
running around outside when predators might be around. Um, one thing I would advise when it comes to chicken coops is build your own is always going to be better than buying a prefab kit. A lot of the prefab kits are made of really thin wood. They're not very durable. They're going to last two, maybe three years, and they are going to fall apart. Um, we bought one used that had been used for one year and this is uh, and then we used it for a year and we are already having to rebuild the bottom of the chicken coop that you would slide out and change the bedding um, it's already falling apart and the door on the front has already fallen off so be aware that the prefab coops are going to look pretty and they're going to be really cute but they're not going to last and you would do better to put in the initial investment up front and use something that is a little bit more structurally sound and sturdy and build your own coop versus buying a pre-made one. So just my two cents. Um, your chicken run needs to be 8 to 10 square foot per chicken. They need lots of room to roam around and they need the ability to have room to scratch. Um, they also need a buried fence line. So when we made ours, we had a trench that we dug all the way around. We put the fence down into there and curled it up in a J, put bricks on top of it, and then buried those bricks so that the end of the fence went under the ground and curled back up and had that brick on top of it. Um, and that part was buried. The reason you do that is a lot of their predators are things like possum and raccoon that love to dig. And if they can dig a little trench and get under that fence and get in your chicken run, they're going to do it. So you really need to make sure that you bury that line of the fence. And again, you're going to need somewhere for them to scratch. They're going to want to move around they're going to want to scratch in the ground and look for bugs and peck at treats and things like that so make sure they have plenty of room to wander um, you need to make sure that at some point out in the run they have a way to get shelter from from things like the rain whether it's because their coop is lifted up off the ground and they can go up underneath there um, or whether they just have access to be able to get back into their coop if it starts to rain um, you want to make sure that they have a way to get out of the weather if they need to. Um, bedding for the coop in the run. Um, we prefer to use straw out in the run, but we do not use it in the coop because it will um, encourage mites and lice with the moisture from their poop and things like that in an enclosed space. Um, however, it's really good out in the run. It's a cheap option. Um, and they love to scratch through it and dig little places for them to nest or to dust bathe in, things like that. Um, construction sand is also another good option for the coop or the run. Um, from what I've read, construction sand is a finer grade than the play sand that you would put in a sandbox. And the play sand, um, from what I've read, can cause respiratory issues. So be sure that you are using um, construction grade sand. It's also, I believe, cheaper than the play sand. Um, 
We use pine shavings and we do a deep bedding method in the coop um, because it's easy to just scoop out what's dirty and refresh it with more. And it's nice and soft and warm and um, it's a nice option that's fairly inexpensive to keep inside the coop. And then we have straw out in the run. You want something that's going to dry up pretty quickly when it comes to something like rain um, and mud because that can be problematic for chickens if they stay wet. So we've covered somewhere to live. The second thing that they need is something to eat and drink. Um, the first thing that they need is a feed. Um, whether you're doing chicks or pullets or laying hens, they need specific types of feed based on the stage of life that they're in because they have specific nutritional and protein needs in order to function the way they're meant to function. So chicks and pullets are going to have a grower starter crumble kind of mix. It's smaller, it's crumbled up instead of being in hard pellets, um, and it has a different ratio of protein than say a layer pellet mix which is going to have a higher amount of protein and calcium because they're laying eggs at that point. And you would feed that grower starter until they started to lay eggs. So all the way up until they're 18 to 20 weeks old. You also need to add grit once they have reached um, the time that they're beginning to lay eggs. That grit gives them, it's like a calcium supplement. It gives them what they need to um, have harder shells on their eggs. Uh, if you neglect that, they're going to have really thin flimsy shells or they may lay some eggs with no shells at all. Um, we've had a couple of those um, at the beginning of their laying. So you want to make sure that they have grit so that they have adequate calcium. They won't eat nearly as much of that as they do the feed, but having it there and available so that they can get it when they need it, they will definitely go and pack and get what they need when, when they need the grit. And then last but not least, you need water. Um, we have an adapted five-gallon bucket that has the nipple water system on it um, where we basically just drilled holes into a five-gallon bucket and added the nipples on the bottom in those holes. And we fill it up twice a week and that's enough water um, for our ladies um, to have plenty to drink for the week. Uh, we haven't had any problems doing it that way. There's a lot of other different types of waters out there. Find one that works for you um, and then stick with it so that they know what to expect. Having water is very, very important. Doing without water, even for an afternoon, can affect their laying for up to a week. So you want to make sure that they have an adequate amount of water at all times. Um, the last thing that you will hear a lot about, and this is one of those times when, if you're viewing your chickens as pets versus farm, farm animals, um, this is where you're going to get some differing opinions. You will find scratch, um, mealworms, treats, 
chicken scraps, those kinds of things um, that people feed their chickens a lot of that. All of that is totally optional. Everything that they need nutritionally comes from that feed that you're buying. Um, so just be sure there's nothing wrong with those other things. There's nothing wrong with giving them scratch. There's nothing wrong with feeding them supplemental mealworms. There's nothing wrong with giving them your chicken scratch scraps or um, some treats occasionally. Just make sure that their primary diet is that feed and that the other things are supplemental and not the main source of what they're eating. The number three thing that your chickens will need, they're going to need somewhere to live. They're going to need something to eat or drink. And the number three thing they need is human interaction. And yes, I'm saying this as someone who views these as farm animals and not as pets. And the reason being is that handled birds are calmer birds. If these birds from the very beginning are used to being picked up, held, examined, touched, petted, talked to, then when you have a bird with an injury or you have a bird that is sick, you're not having to chase down a freaked out chicken that's not used to being touched or held. You have a chicken who wants you to cuddle them, who wants you to be near them, who isn't going to be stressed because you're picking them up and they're not used to it. Um, so human interaction is definitely important. And not just because you want them to be able to um, be used to you if, if they're sick, but they need to be looked at on a regular basis. Uh, you need to be out there standing there watching them walk around is anybody limping is anybody breathing with their mouth open um, do you see bubbles on their beak do you you know different things that you learn to look for um, in doing health checks and just watching the the health of your flock to make sure that there's no red flags out there that you need to examine more closely so I make a point twice a week when I go out there to do um, fill up the feeders and fill up the waterers I'm making a point to stand there and take a look and watch each chicken and how it's interacting with the other flock members and how it's eating and drinking and things like that um, looking for things that might be a red flag and interacting with them I, I squat down and I pet them and I talk to them while I'm in there I give them a little bit of extra feed or um, hold some treats in my hands so that they come up to me and I can see them. Um, but outside of that, Georgia is also out there every single day when she's getting eggs. She's out there talking to them and interacting them in the same way so that she can be looking for those things. The more human interaction they have, the better temperaments they're going to have and the easier they are going to be to deal with if you have a problem that comes up. And speaking of problems, number four our fourth and final thing that you're going to need for chickens is a first aid kit. And honestly, this first aid kit doesn't really need to have much more than your human first aid kit has. Um, we primarily have had to use gauze, a razor blade, and cohesive wrap bandages. Mainly because the only issues that we've had have been something called bumblefoot, which is when they get a sore on the bottom of their foot. Um, I'll talk more about that when we talk about hens and roosters. Um, but having the equipment that you need to treat something like that right away. 
Um, but even if you don't have it and you have to run to the store, they're basic things that you can find at the drugstore. So it's not like you have to have that right, right away. Um, it's also a good idea to have something like blue coat, which is a, a blue type spray that you put on a cut or a wound. And basically it's because red is a color that, um, encourages them to peck. And so that if you have a chicken with an injury and it's red, they're going to want to peck at it and pick at it. Um, and the other chickens will too. And that can cause problems with infection and not healing and making it worse. And so if you have something like blue coat, it covers it and then they, they don't see the red. Um, and maybe electrolytes, especially with chicks, um, which we'll talk about more next week. Um, just if you have a chicken that's a little under the weather, if you have electrolytes that you can add to the water for them, um, it's an easy thing to run to the farm store and get. But if you have a little bit on hand, it's an inexpensive thing that you can have. There are definitely other chicken medicines and things that you can um, obtain if you have specific issues, but a lot of them are a little bit more costly and they're not things that I think are worth the the expense just to have them in case you need them it's more of a quickly go and get them when you need them type thing um, they're usually pretty accessible and easy to obtain so these are the basics um, obviously this doesn't include raising chick chicks from hatch hatching to to laying um, but they have their own specific needs and we'll cover that next week but these are just the basic things that if you're going and picking up some chickens this is what you need to have ready for them when they get to your house um just one little note that i want to put on the side be sure to check your town ordinances in your hoa policies do your research and know what the policies are that are already in place before you get chickens there were so many people last year who went out and panic bought chickens because of the pandemic and then had to fight their HOA because their HOA regulations said that chickens were um, prohibited. And then they lost hundreds of dollars from the, the coop that they built and the chickens that they bought and the equipment and the food that they had bought um, and weren't able to recoup all of it because they didn't read the rules first so be sure to follow the rules of your HOA if they prohibit them they prohibit them and you're really fighting an uphill battle you're not very likely to win especially if you've gone against those rules and gone ahead and bought them and you're trying to do that from that position um, and also be sure to check your ordinances if you are in the city limits there's probably some some ordinances um, and rules. It may be that you're not allowed to have free range. Um, I know that if you are in the town limits where we are, there's a specific requirement for the amount of square footage per chicken. You have to register your chickens with the um, animal control. Um, you're not required to pay a registration fee, but they want you to register the ones that you have so that they know how many you have and things like that. You also have to get it inspected um, by an animal control officer and approved. Um, so there are different things that need to be done for town ordinances or for um, 
HOAs. So make sure you know what that is before you proceed. Um, you're definitely not going to regret doing that, but you definitely could regret it if you don't. So next week, we're going to talk about chicks. We're going to talk about where you can get them. We're going to talk about what they need to help them grow, what you need to watch out for as they're growing, and when you can move them out into the coop and the run. So are you planning to add any chickens? Um, feel free to hop onto Instagram or Facebook and message me any questions you have. Tag me in pictures of your chickens. I would love to see them. And until next week, um, I hope that all is well with you. See you next time. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted. Thank <laughs> you.